The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. Time for another episode of The Boys of Tech, a weekly chat about the latest tech news. This is episode 103 for Monday, the 14th of February, 2011. Valentine's Day, in fact. My name is Edwin Herman, and joining me on the panel via Skype is Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Hello. And how are you this week? Pretty good. And wasn't it a beautiful weekend here in New Zealand? Absolutely stunning. Cicadas Summer everywhere. sunshine, Yeah. And joining us from across the ditch in Brisbane, Australia, Cameron Colley. Welcome on board. Hey, how's it going? Very good. And was summer nice to you this weekend? Uh, it wasn't too bad. It was a little hot. A little hot. Did little you have hot. lots of tree um, frogs got... making chirping sounds? Yeah, yeah. So I'm stuck in the bathroom again. This is this pretty much oh, a back standard in the bathroom. sort of... <laughs> I'm back in the bathroom. Um, I think I'm going to start putting towels under the door now because I, I don't know whether they're getting worse. They're breeding. There's more of them, and I just think they know I'm doing this show, so they love to just hang on my hang on my house and rub their legs together and carry on and do what they got to do. And yeah, it's it's. I'll tell you what we can do. We can probably help with this. If any listeners out there have spare egg cartons, can you send them to Cameron Collie so he can put them on the walls of his bathroom? Yeah, they, they, yeah. they make fantastic soundproofing. They really do. In fact, I tell you what, I know a radio station, I, I do a little bit of voluntary work at a radio station up north, and I kid you not, on the ceiling of one of their studios, it's covered with egg cartons. It's done on a budget. <laughs> They're a great. community station, so they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, it, it actually works. It does work, it does mm. work. Hmm. Anyway. I, say, um, I, I'm love, I love the new intro. That sounded good. Oh, yeah. With the, yes. yes, you now feature in the intro for, for the show's, I know. Uh, it, yeah. I feel honoured and privileged. <laughs> and also, we have to say to uh, hello to our other guest, uh, Julian Hassan, who's here to talk about Angry Birds. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? I kid you not. I did. <laughs> I did email WikiLeaks. Are you serious? I'm serious, and I didn't get a reply just yet. So, uh, yeah. But so that happened last time as well week. because I tried to get him on the show ages ago before he he was when he was in the news, but not like really in the news. Yeah. And, uh, when he was only like like the, in the top like twenty most wanted in the world, as opposed to being like <laughs> yeah. just him and him and him and Osama bin Laden, like <laughs> sort of right. just sitting there <laughs> sharing the number one spot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And anyway, I didn't get a response. And you know what? If I asked for Osama bin Laden as well, he he probably wouldn't come on the show either. No. That's if he ever so. exists, or was he created by the CIA? There's there's these theories out mm, there, but indeed, I don't know. Anyway, before we get into conspiracy theories and anything unrelated to tech, let's actually do some of the tech stories that we've got lined up. The first one is, remember we talked about the the group called Anonymous, who were these hackers that were doing denial of service attacks against organizations that refused to deal with WikiLeaks? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you may recall from our last episode, five people were arrested, believed to be involved uh, you know, in the group Anonymous that were doing the denial of service attacks. Mm-hmm. And now, did you see what Anonymous have actually done to the firm H.B. Gary? Indeed. H.B. Gary, the firm, was hired by the FBI to track down some information about members of Anonymous. And Anonymous hacked into H.B. Gary's systems, took all of the information that they'd found out about Anonymous, and then posted it all free online. <laughs> wow. 
These, yeah, they're so basically they saying don't mess with us. This is yeah, a they message. Don't everything mess that with HB us. Gary had found out about Anonymous and they posted it online on BitTorrent. They have also taken multiple thousands, tens of thousands of emails from the HB Gary system and posted that online as well. And they've Ooh, taken wow. like the contact details of and social security number for one of the CEOs of HB Gary and have posted that online as oh, well. That's so getting a bit personal now, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it's what we talked about last week, where is this dangerous escalation? First off, they've stuck it to HB Gary by taking the information HB Gary had been paid to find about Anonymous and then just putting it free on the web before HB Gary had been able to give it to the FBI. So basically... I kind of like that in a, in a way. That. So that's, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that sticking to the like man that. sort of thing. That's kind of cool. In this whole you know ongoing battle with WikiLeaks and the whole thing about freedom of information, that sort of that sort of deal. But then there is something which WikiLeaks itself takes very seriously, and that is the publishing of personally identifiable information. It's like when WikiLeaks are about to publish anything, they go through and they vet it all and they mask out most people's names because it's not about naming names. It's about getting that information known. But this anonymous, they have totally disregarded personal privacy in this and so they've got this dangerous escalation going on so what do you guys think is this a bold move or a stupid move it's a stupid move done by some kids it's hardly done in the uh in the well, frame of mind of what, of what wikileaks would have wanted i mean it's kind of cool yeah. and it's funny to a point yeah, but once you start publishing personal information i mean that ceo he doesn't need his personal you know stuff put out there oh exactly um, that is that is a direct you know, individual attack on a person that's yeah. not attacking a concept yeah. or ideal or a group or a government yeah. which is what freedom of information is all about this is a personal attack on a person so mm. it's yeah it's it's definitely a combination of the sticking it to the man but grabbing the information that that company had found out about them and then posting it free was kind of funny but yeah all of the rest of it which was a personal attack is definitely mm. starting to push into the not okay yeah. thing and is definitely going to have WikiLeaks thinking about how they're going to have to manage any association between Anonymous and themselves. Well, they, they'll be seriously distancing themselves from this one. Yeah, yeah, you'd hope so. It is a much more sophisticated effort than the previous DDoS attacks. So that's gotten me thinking about, you know, how I love conspiracy theories, about whether or not this anonymous that has perpetrated this sophisticated attack is the same anonymous that did the DDoSes and is actually, you know, perhaps the British police did capture and arrest mm most of the original anonymous and now what we've got is what happens on the internet you know it's the barbara streisand effect it is the the idea is out there now and other people have seen that idea under attack and so they've picked up and taken up the banner of that idea so it's entirely possible here i'm putting on my my tinfoil hat here that the anonymous who did this attack is not the original Anonymous, but a more sophisticated group of hackers who have picked up the Anonymous banner from yeah, the original. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but I, I really, that like, I really like your point of, of view. The, what they've been saying about how much more sophisticated this attack is compared to all of the shenanigans that the Anonymous group have gotten up to previous. This is a far more sophisticated attack. They breached a relatively insecure section of the HB Gary network so that they could then do the, the piggybacks to escalate their permissions within the network to finally get access to all of this other stuff. There's definitely some irony here in HB Gary <coughs> being a security firm. Oh, hell yeah. It's pretty funny, actually. 
Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> security experts that didn't have very expert security. That's the the comment no. that I saw. It was the most funny. I think I liked it. I liked Anonymous best when they were um, attacking Scientologists. That was the glory yeah. years, you know. Yeah, cool yeah. videos. Those videos that they would post up, and that's the way they managed to get all those demonstrations around the world in a matter of days. You know, all these people basically, you know, wearing the mask, standing in front of Scientology building, saying, "Go away, we don't like your pseudo religion." Was Anonymous doing that? Yeah, that was Anonymous. That was their first ever big. I think I'm pretty sure that's how they started. If you look up the videos on YouTube, they're really quite amazing and threatening and have this sense of, you know, we've been quiet all along, but, you know, if you make us angry, we will rise up and we are legion and all that sort of thing. Just like a hornet's nest, hey? That, yeah. yeah. You, you know, well, you very, touch them and- It's and very V for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 Very, this is Sparta and they just kick a Scientologist into a hole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The MPAA is suing Hotfile for, a, for what they call staggering copyright infringement. So Hotfile is a, is a place where you can upload files for others to download. It's a mm-hmm. paid-for service. And the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, is claiming that there is not only a large amount of copyright information on Hotfile, surprise, surprise, but also that Hotfile actively encouraged members to upload copyright information because that's stuff that people actually want to download. That's the most popular stuff, movies and TV shows, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So what do you think? Is is the MPAA justified in this case? Or are they just being the big Goliath that they always have been? Uh, does Hotfile have the, the technology about to detect whether or not there's material on it that shouldn't be? I mean, that's something well, as well. There are so I many mean, different ways to obfuscate what it is that you're putting on to any of those places. Mm. So They would pay for them to have something like that in place, especially if they want to stay in business. Well, there's allegations that they knew that those we don't know, but there are allegations that they actually knew and that they didn't do anything about it. Well, you know, yeah. So I I would say from your original question, it's a little of column A and a little of column B. They, a lot of these different places like to get by using the DMCA safe harbor provisions that you can't be held liable for the content uploaded by users. But if the site itself is specifically facilitating the uploading and sharing of copyright and benefiting the members who do infringe copyright, then they definitely can't cover themselves with that DMC safe harbor provision. And if they're also made aware of stuff, even if they haven't actively encouraged it, if someone comes along and says, hey, these files here, here and here are actually our movies that we own, uh, you know, these shouldn't be here. And if they just sort of ignore that or say, oh, well, not our problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then, as you say, they can't use a safe harbour clause to get out of that. Yeah. It's not often I sign with the MPAA, but if what's been alleged in the story is correct, then I I, kind of, I'd be doing the same thing, to be honest. It's not really about siding with the MPAA or siding with with Hotfile. It's whether or not the Hotfile site has actually done something that is illegal. Well, the MPAA certainly wants Hotfile shut down. That's that's their ultimate goal. I mean, is there any room for movement? Are they are they giving them some sort of time frame to say get some sort of tech in place that's going to allow for you to detect whether or not people are uploading? I mean, if YouTube can do it, oh, no, surely no. these guys got a bit. No, of course they won't do that. The MPAA is is not like any of these other places. They're okay. they'll want it shut down. You know, they filed a lawsuit, but I don't know. Sometimes these things get settled out of. Out of court, you know. Oh, yeah. They so want to shut a, down a, and they want most of the money that the site has made from it. 
Yeah, now that's interesting too, isn't it? Of course. They always I guess want they the can money. argue that that's their, yeah, they that's their money. follow the money. Well, yeah, but you can argue that that is their money, ultimately. Not all of it, but they'll want it all. Well, they want a share of it. Because obviously not everything is copyright on Hotfile. They'll want the lion's share of it. They're nothing if not greedy. Well, yeah, I won't argue with that. Now, have you guys <laughs> seen what MPEG LA is doing now? Over yes. This whole Google, you know, you know, Google's got this <laughs> VP8 technology, which is supposed yeah. to be a, a collection of open source and royalty-free codecs for the web. So have you seen MPEG LA's latest move? Yes, they oh. have formally requested from the patent owners the paints that they believe that BP8 uses. Yeah, so they're actually seeking people out there who believe that Google's VP8 technology... In- uses patents. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's based off of technology that they yeah. have patents for. Yeah, they're trying to create a patent pool for it. When we talked about this, when Google first came out with this, we, you know, there was analysts had been saying, well, one of the downsides of what Google's trying to do is that we cannot really be sure until it's been tested that the technology is patent-free. Mm. How do you really know? I mean, Google claims it is, but everyone claims their stuff's patent-free <laughs> until, until they want to, you know, until, they, until someone pipes up and says, hey, you've copied this or, you know, or you did this, which is my yeah, patent. But when you actually have a look at the patent rubbish <laughs> that the US Patents Office has become, then you could pull all kinds of stuff out of the patent bin and go, hey, look, this explains this thing that they're doing over here. Sure, we submitted this patent in 1974 before any of that technology existed, but what we have described here describes that, mostly, kind of. Yeah, that's, and that's we another argument, though, but I, I agree with... HFC seem even closer. There have been, I agree with you, there have been some crazy patents granted, and to be fair, I mean, that's another argument. The, the fact is, we, we have what we have... This, we have the system that we currently have and at the end of the day if they're going to find you know if MPGLA is going to encourage people to come forward who believe patents have been infringed from Google's VP8 technology then we have the situation where VP8 won't be patent free it hasn't happened yet though so but the move is that MPGLA is now out there calling for people to come forward if they believe their patents have been infringed. Now, Microsoft, I'm going to laugh at this because, you know, when the iPhone first came out, it was quite a while before a new release, a new version of the OS came out that gave mm. people copy and paste. People were laughing yeah. at Apple going, ha, 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 why would you create a smartphone without copy paste? Well, guess what? Microsoft did the same thing. And right now they're announcing that the copy paste is coming. It's in the mm-hmm. uh, dev, in dev copy at the moment. Seems a bit funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was surprised that Windows Phone 7, when it was first released, did not include copy-paste functionality. It's a feature that you would assume would be default in any new well, thing they that came out. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, it makes me wonder how they would do it. I mean, on the iPhone, it's pretty simple. You touch it. I'm not sure what they do on a BlackBerry. I've never owned one, but maybe it's getting to the point where they can't sort of duplicate something now without it. Ripping off someone else's patent. Well, back, back to mean, patents again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, there, is, yeah. there is. But then what we're getting is we're getting into the area of patent stifling innovation instead of enhancing innovation, which is what it was supposed yeah. to. Yeah. So really, yeah, someone needs to relinquish the idea of double tapping or tapping on a word pops up the cut and paste window. There's what else can you do? I mean, exactly. Is there a limitation the of different user right. interface? 
And That's right. If you are patenting around a limitation on a hardware interface, then mm-hmm. yeah. But hang You're on, we're, we're only speculating. Tech. We're only speculating that that's what's held them up. I mean, oh, yeah, maybe we nothing to do with that. It is oh, I know, but what else could it be? I mean, well, how yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I, I asked the same question. But, yeah, included copy-paste in the initial launch of Windows Phone 7, unless Windows Phone 7 was rushed out the door. Let's and ask the question, why didn't Apple include... One cube was going, hey, wait, 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 don't, don't ship it. Yeah, I haven't finished copy-paste. Oh, we'll put it in a, uh, an update afterwards. But why did Apple take so long in doing it? I mean, we can ask the same question for them. <laughs> well, again, maybe they were trying to just make sure it was just a, a different enough from whatever BlackBerry had. Uh, oh, I see so what you're saying, could, yeah. Yeah, so now there's two, out of, out of the one touchscreen interface, there's two angles in which to cut and paste. Windows are going, we can't, how are we going to do this? So I think they're just probably biding their time, coming up with the best thing they can. I mean, maybe, then, yeah, again, we don't know what that is, but it just seems to be out of this really simple functionality, like cut and paste, how hard can it be? And that's what everyone says, but... Yet, it seems to be the last thing that they bring to market on their phones. I just want to copy-paste. How hard mm. can it be? I mean, you know, have they got the close window button yet? Or do you have to reboot your phone every time? I don't know. <laughs> the, the EU, here's a good story that I know you guys will love. The EU is trying to organise a, well, has been actually organising a universal cell phone charger. About and damn about time. time. Yeah, about time, isn't it? One of the reasons is to cut down waste and the way that happens is, of course, when you buy a new phone, you get a charger with it because all phones have different chargers, you see, so it's not assumed you just have one that will work and more often than not, you won't. So you get a new charger and, of course, you recycle your phone every year or couple of years, out goes the charger, perfectly fine working charger, nothing wrong with it, Mm -hmm. but you've got a slightly different model now, different charger, complete waste. Indeed, complete waste. And so, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a good thing. And I, you know, and you, you see people around the office going, oh, do you have a Nokia charger? Does, excuse me, do you have a Nokia charger? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I see that from time to time. And it's like, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I see it. Once this comes in, it'll be, at least in the EU, it'll be like, do you have a charger? A phone exactly. charger, you know? Do you have a phone charger? And it will work in any phone charger, which means mm-hmm. that hotels will be able to offer a phone charger. Hotels, phone charger. And also the cost of a new phone could drop because the manufacturers don't need to include the charger. Yeah, you just need to buy a generic charger mm. and they don't need to include it. It'll become just like printers when they switch to USB cables Yeah, you don't no longer started putting a USB right. cable in them. That's right. There are a number of phone manufacturers that are on board with this. Motorola, Nokia, RIM, and also, interestingly enough, Apple. <laughs> yeah, that was a big surprise. Yeah, because Apple can sometimes do their own kind of thing. Like, like oh, no, it's okay. You guys go Apple, ahead. We'll, uh, we'll do our thing. Well known for doing their own thing. But I have to say, though, I think a lot of that's kind of left over from the old days. Back in the old days, I remember they came out with these USB these USB cables with a little nick in it. So it, it wouldn't plug into anything but the Apple device. It's like... Exactly, but it yeah. it was just USB. It was standard USB standard, but they decided to change the plug so yeah. that you had to buy Apple versions I, I, of it's it. It's just so nuts. they could control the kind yeah. of cable it was but i have to say i think those are pretty much long gone those days it's been a long time since apple have done anything stupid like that Mm. just speaking of smartphones and chargers and and mobile phone companies did you guys hear about the uh the nokia and microsoft alliance that was announced yes nokia microsoft this could be a killer this could be good 
Mm, very, very interesting. So basically now Nokia's announced it'll adopt the Microsoft Windows phone as its main platform on smartphones. So personally, I say bye-bye Nokia. <laughs> Are you, oh, is that what you think? Yeah, I, I think this is that they've, they've needed to do this. The CEO made an announcement this week that basically they feel that Nokia is 10 years behind the competition now. Sorry, they've, they've had well, to make this uh, Yeah, but that's not going to make the hardware. Nokia's not 10 years behind hardware-wise. Hardware-wise, yeah, hardware Nokia wise, is yeah. still way up to date. It's just that the Symbian OS has been sadly neglected. And mm. they've just only like just, Windows Mobile yeah, was for a yeah, while. They've yeah. only just brought in some updates to Symbian OS, and it's nowhere near the level of Android or iOS or Blackberries or even Windows 7. So mm. Windows Phone 7, I mean. But hardware-wise, they are still top-notch hardware. The latest Nokia, what was it? The N97? 12 megapixel camera, huge amount of memory, brilliant processor, absolutely gorgeous screen, really good, but running their patched together Symbian OS. So mm. they needed a better operating system for it. It's just a pity that they've decided that Windows Phone 7 is going to be their their main platform. But and, and you know they haven't said it's going to be their only platform. So it wouldn't surprise me well, if that- Nokia did bring out a, an Android phone. Well, that, that would be interesting, but why why haven't they picked Android to begin with? You would think that would be the, the way to go. Hmm. I think it's the same reason that they've kept with their own Symbian OS is they are quite like Apple in their wanting to be able to control more of it. Yeah, I was just going to say, because mm. Microsoft could benefit from this as well, having known hardware rather than trying to be everything to everyone. Uh, Microsoft will still make sure well, they'll that still Windows do, Phone yeah, 7 I know, is, I, is I realize that. They'll still make, yeah, I know, I realize that. They'll still make, you know, the Windows 7 OS for other platforms. But mm. at least on the Nokia one, you know that if, you know, there's an alliance there, so you know that it's going to work really well, just like, you know, Apple OS on Apple hardware. Mm. Well, it makes me wonder whether, like, uh, probably more of the case, if Android tried to bring out a stand, as like a standout Android phone, the competition's probably a couple of years ahead. I mean, that would be a big... They're probably a bit late to the Android party, so to speak. So it's probably maybe that's why they've gone Windows. Mm. I, I can see this working. I can yeah. see it definitely mm. being of benefit to both companies. Nokia is still one of the largest handset manufacturers around. Mm. But yeah, it definitely so, needed yeah. to do something about its OS. I was kind of wondering what yeah, was going to happen. Yeah, OS has just been lagging behind yeah. for such a long time. They've been putting mm. all of their effort into keeping cutting edge with their hardware and have been really crippling themselves by keeping on with Symbian OS. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, choosing Android would have meant that they'd become like a bit player in a, in a two-course race, I guess. So that's like Apple versus Google. Mm. Whereas choosing, Windows, choosing Windows Phone means they're hoping to turn that race into three. Yeah. So... Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely, I think, good for both of those companies, that particular Mm. alliance. And it'll be good for cell phone makers, for cell phone buyers, I mean. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's, are we we done on that? I think so. I think think we've done it. Let's talk about a awesome monitor, come on. Oh, you want to talk about the monitor? Okay, let's do that. The LG, you want to talk about the LG Flatron? Because it's cool. Oh, that is so thin. It's well, the LG Flatron E2290. There are photos out, and this thing is seriously thin. It's like, I don't know, a sheet it of cardboard. It is seriously good looking, too. It has been designed well. For our listeners out there, Google Flatron 
E2290 and check out the photos. This is gorgeous. Love one of these. Mm. Is it LED or LCD? It's a good question. It'll be LED. LED. Surely. Yep, that's an LED. It'd have to be. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Oh, I could do with one of those. The only thing I would have to criticize it for, and it's a really stupid thing to criticize it for because it's part of what makes it the thinnest, is the fact that it is it is an all-in-one unit. The, you have to have the base because the base is an integral part of the monitor itself. Oh, it's got because all the to make it so thin, connections. Yeah, to make it so thin, they've put all of the actual hardware that runs everything and all of the ports and everything else into the base so that they, the panel itself, which is why it's so thin, is just the LED panel. That's all it is. So you can't wall mount it is what you're saying. You can't wall mount it, doesn't It's not Visa. Yeah, which, right, so it's, which is kind of where Thin is one of the main advantages of Thin is when you put on the wall, it doesn't stick out half a mile. Exactly. Mm. But the problem with this well, is that's that interesting. how they've made it Thin is they've moved everything else, which would normally be at the back, to the base station. But they've made a really good looking base station as well. Yeah, so they have. It's, that, that, it's a really, really well designed item, but it is an all, all in one. It has to sit on your desktop. So. They haven't announced a price for this yet, have they? No, they haven't. Now, actually speaking of new technology, have you guys seen the new HP WebOS devices? No. There's the HP Via, the HP Pre, and the HP Touchpad. The Touchpad uh, is pretty much an iPad. Sorry, yes. Have you yes. seen oh, those? Oh, yes, 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 I have, yes. It is just an iPad. To the point where it's barely indistinguishable from an iPad. Well, exactly. The screenshot I'm looking at is like, that's an iPad, isn't it? Well, it's an iPad with some of the things which an iPad lacks actually built in. Yes, Ah, but it's it's made by HP, which then... Hey, no dissing HP. I like it. (laughs) You've got some mates at HP, bro. Actually, we've so got some mates. Yeah. <laughs> we've got some mates at HP. But you know, HP though do have the worst. Uh, what do you call it? The worst return rate on on laptops. What do you mean? People That's... don't return them, or no, 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 no. So they've got a really high return rate. The highest yeah. return rate. Yeah, the least reliable hardware in laptops is HP. Really? Because mm. I've had no problems. Yeah. Fine. Well, that's just one. <laughs> but yes, I know what you're saying. You've got a good experience with that. But you know, it's just, that's what the stats are. But no, yeah. this thing is just like an iPad. Well, the, at least the uh, the touchpad. I like the name touchpad too, by the way. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good name. It's it's a much better name than iPad. Now, the HP Pre is the, the iPhone size one, I think. Yeah. And the HP Via is kind of like the a sort of a, a half size iPhone. Mm. Yeah, it's like an iPhone Nano. Yeah. Like an iPhone Nano. iPhone Nano? Mm. Yeah, we're making that up. Oh, you are kind of making it right. Yeah, Yeah, okay, I'm with you. If it it existed, it would be an iPhone Nano. Yeah, Mm. yeah, it would. Yeah. The thing is, the iPod Nano now is the size that the shuffle was. That's Mm. right. But it still has a touch screen and everything. But it does have a touch screen, but it's bigger than that. Have we confused our listeners? We probably have. Probably have. But that's okay. There are three sizes of this HP thing. (laughs) One's called small, one's called medium, one's called large. small, medium, and large. That's what they are, yeah. Mm. We'll go with those. Via pre and touchpad. Mm. And I like that term touchpad. I said that before, but I'll say it again. I like the term touchpad. That's three times now. Yeah, it is a good term. <laughs> I, I, I fully support that naming. Great. And Did you approve too, Cameron? Nice. Are we going to get a hat trick out of this? No, I do like. I don't mind the name. I mean, I'd never use one, but that's yeah. If you know HP, good luck. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I'm a bit cynical when I see other other companies that turn around and come out with this stuff and. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'd never buy your computers, 
I'm certainly not going to buy it. Well, yeah, I wouldn't buy an I would not buy an HP touchpad, but then I wouldn't buy an iPad either. I think that particular device is superfluous. I used to think that, but I, I kind of think they're useful now. But ah, it's a child's toy. Oh, it's for kids. Brilliant for kids. Absolutely amazing for kids. For an adult, nah, not really. I'm not sure if I'm going to engage, with this, arg- engage with this argument yet or not. But, I but don't. along with this series, I have to say, they've got some brilliant-looking accessories that go along with this series, especially for the touchpad. The holders, you know, the, the upright holders, their cases, and the absolutely gorgeous-looking keyboard, which is even slimmer-looking than the Apple one. Actually, I've just spotted the keyboard. It is like an Apple keyboard. It is quite like an Apple keyboard. This is like Apple reinvented. Mm. <laughs> says yes, Cameron disapprovingly. Yes. <laughs> so I, I know what's going through Brett's mind is like, this is great, this is nice, they're on the right track. What's going through yep. Cameron's mind is, this isn't going to work, this is just copying, this, they're not innovating, they're just the imitators. Oh, they're definitely innovating. They're adding things which Apple always leaves leaves out, like oh. expandable memory. And But what is it? What, what's the memory on this? 16 or 32, just like the, the iPad. The iPad goes to 64. Oh, does it? Yeah, there's no there's no expandable memory. That's it. It's the same. It's you pick one or the Are you other. Sure, it's got the ports on uh, the side. There might be USB ports. No USB or... ports on the bottom. It's got the port on the side. You can see the cover of it. Oh, so it's got maybe it's got that additionally, has it? Like a, not not for a smart card, perhaps. Because it's not telling me this on the. Th- yeah, you're um, right. The tech specs don't actually list expandable memory, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then the connector charger USB micro USB connector. Mm. Yeah, and you can see the micro USB connector on the bottom jack. of the picture. Yeah, but it's it. got that it's got that cover on the side, that clip on the side. It's got a light it's sensor, accelerometer, a compass, and a gyroscope. So, what else has that? <laughs> uh iPhone, the iPhones. Samsung the Samsung tab. They all do now. Oh yeah. that's it. that Samsung thing's ridiculous. What was it? The Samsung what? The Samsung tab. Know. Yes, yeah, so it's it's like slightly bigger than an iPhone, but it just oh, the Galaxy ridiculous. Tab, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, it's Samsung simple. Galaxy Tab. Oh, I quite like it. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's nice and portable, but it is once again, it's a very nice device, and you can make telephone calls and all that sort of stuff with it. You just, you know, you wouldn't hold it to your head. You'd use a Bluetooth headset, and it comes with a Bluetooth mm-hmm. headset if you buy it. But it is that kind of just another size. <laughs> It's like you could get the an actual smartphone or you could get this Galaxy Tab, which is like partway between a cell phone and a tablet. And then, you, or you could get a tablet or you could get a, a notebook or they're trying speaking, to blur these lines and it's very annoying. But they're coming out with some really nice devices. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of all things Nano, have you guys seen the um, iPod Nano watches that are out now? I, I have. Oh, the iPod Watch? This. What are they? Oh, it's, so it's like a watch like made out of a, a wristband, iPod which allows you to right. connect your, your um, iPod Nano into the wristband and wear it like a watch. Can, can you get a yeah. watch, a, a clock face app prune or? Yeah, you can. You can get um, tons Actually, that's kind of cool. I like this. I like that idea. Yeah. There's a couple because of YouTube it, vids as well showing those. That, that's kind of cool. I like it. You know what? You could, you could turn your iPad into a clock, a wall mounted clock. You could. Just to compliment the, the watch, the wristwatch. <laughs> very nice. Mm, they look very cool. It's like the new modern day geeks version of a calculator watch. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Remember those in the, 
Was it the 80s? Late 80s? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When those were in, oh, exactly. everyone had a calculator watch. I mean, why would you want to be calculating on your wrist? Yeah, you know, on a tiny know. screen with tiny little buttons that you needed a pen to push. Mm. I mean, this is just they crazy. Were, they were cool, though. Did you have one? No, I really wanted one, though. My mum never bought me one. Yeah, I kind of wanted one only because they were in. And that's mm. what, yeah. yeah, when you're a kid, that's, they were you cool, but they were very expensive. <laughs> yeah, they were. Now, you know, you could buy one really cheaply from ThinkGeek. Oh, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm sure you could. All right, oh, I want to yeah. do one more story before we close the show. This is a science story. And you know how a lot of the SI units have been redefined from the original definition? So take, for example, the meter. Right, up until recently, there used to be a length, a, a, a bar that was a specific length, which was exactly one meter, housed in a special place in Paris with, you know, kept at a constant temperature and humidity, etc., etc. And that was the meter. No one could argue with it. That was the original definition of the meter. But since and this, then, is, this is from the time when men stood around and went, okay, we have to sort this meter thing out. Let's make one and then that's it. Well, yep. <laughs> well pretty much. I mean, you know, before that we had inches, well, actually in America, there's two countries that still use the, was it three countries that still use the imperial system officially, the US and two tiny countries, which I can't remember their names, but they're very small. And so, <laughs> yeah, and they, so we're talking inches, feet, uh, miles. miles. Yeah, and nothing divided by 10. It was all... 12s and 36s and 24s and weird stuff like that. Yep. So, of course, you know, the French came up with the, the metric system, which got used by the SI system, System uh, Système International. Uh, so, you know, scientific units, in other words. So they've redefined the meter. Just going back to, to what I was saying about the definitions, there used to be this bar, and there still is this bar, but now we redefine the meter as the distance travelled by light in a vacuum in 0. 0.000 whatever it is of a second. And that's simply because that is far more accurate than saying it's that bar over there. <laughs> you know, go measure up against that and see whether it's you know whether it's the right length. The news here is that they're doing the same now for the kilo because the kilo, the kilogram weight, there is one in Paris right now, and it's there's actually there's a set of them, and they are each one kilogram, and they kept it again same constant temperature, constant humidity, etc. Although I had, there was some stories about those fluctuating slightly and. So we're kind of getting a bit worried that we're going to lose the kilo. Mm. But that's the one thing that we haven't been able to redefine in terms of the molecular nature. And now they are attempting to do it with lumps of or spheres of silicon, enriched silicon. Yeah, definitely not lumps. These things are absolutely brilliant sphericals. Not sphericals. Brilliant spheres. <laughs> I love sphericals. I do too. We would be we without. It's, it's so close to what get, I was what I was contemplating. It was like that sounds so much like a spherical. A spherical. What about a spherical sphere? A spherical well, sphere. Spheres are spherical, so they're definitely <laughs> spherical spheres made out of a high purity silicon. Yes, they are spherical spheres, Brett. Yes, <laughs> they're silicon. not square ones. It's good. Yeah, nothing like a square sphere. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it certainly doesn't make temp and bowling any good, you know. But anyway, coming well, back... these wouldn't <laughs> either because they've got no holes in them. Well, true, thumb. you wouldn't be able to grip them. But because anyway, so <laughs> can we get to back to the story, if that's all right? But they are very shiny. They are shiny. That they and are. round. And they, they, will, they may well soon be... I would say be. that they were almost spherical. <laughs> now we're going around in circles. Ah! 
Help! <laughs> Look, I'm going to end this show. This is it. That story was a goner. That's it. This story is out of here. And I'm out of here too. I'm out the door. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to The Boys of Tech. This was episode 103. Brett, I'd like to thank you for being a wonderful co-host. Always a pleasure, Ed. And Cameron Colley, it's a pleasure having you as our co-co-host. Does that Fantastic. make sense? Co-co-co? Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, co-co-host. Chocolate host. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, all right. This is the weirdest episode we've ever done. Yes. All right. Thanks, been. guys. And thank you to all our listeners. See you again next week for episode 104. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Catch you later.